Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you by King's Comics in Sydney. My name is Levens. My co-host name is Siobhan. Hello. And every week we have we read an inc- rapidly increasing list of comic book issues and let you know which of the issues that you should be reading as well. You can find every comic book that we talk about on the show at King's Comics at 310 Pitt Street in Sydney or online at kingscomics.com. This week, all the world's magic disappeared, saga made me cry, and there's a now a new Quasar in town. Who's that? Who cares? <laughs> we'll find out later in the show. Plus, we'll be reviewing, uh, or giving you a little guide to uh, all of the free comics that you'll be able to pick up this weekend, this Saturday, for free comic book day. Holy moly. Uh, Siobhan has been busy at work, as has everyone else at King's Comics, making sure there is a spectacular day of entertainment um, that involves us in some weird way as well. Yeah, sure. yeah. We're going to be around chatting to everyone. It's going to be a really huge day. I guess we, we, you could say it's a, it's a live episode of Serious Issues, yeah. but, but there won't be an audience. Rather, we're just going to be doing little Q&A sessions with people at Free Comic Book Day on the day. And you will also not be hearing it live because <laughs> that would probably be like unlistenable. Um, maybe we can work some weird magic. Yeah, oh, wait, we can't because all the magic's gone in from the world now. <sighs> Jesus. Thanks a lot, Dr. Strange. Um, we'll also be at the very end of the episode because I want to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. Um, Siobhan and I read, uh, finally, both of us read uh, Dan Klaus, from, uh, who has been putting out amazing books on fanographics for years. His most recent book came out called Patience, uh, a beautiful hardcover that may be his best book so far. Mm. Um, so at the very end of the episode, just because it is a, it's a, if you haven't read it, I don't know, if you haven't read it, like, and, and you, I, I, the less you know about this book, the better. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even read the back cover, which I realized was then, like, massively in my favor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when I finished yeah. the book and turned it over, and I was like, ah, oh, I would have been way less surprised if I just looked at the blurb. So, uh, yeah, before we get to that, it's at the very end of the podcast. Uh, if you have been thinking about buying this book, you definitely should. It's one of the best books of the year so far, and maybe one that you'll be talking about for years to come. So, patience, a review of that at the very end of the show. But first, we'll kick things off as we do every week with our uh, segment called First Things First. We will review all the number one issues of the week. Siobhan, what should we start with? Hmm, I mean, we've been talking about it quite a bit already, so maybe we should just jump right in to Doctor Strange Last Days of Magic. Right. So the uh, big Jason Aaron Doctor Strange run, which uh, we'll be reading, uh, reviewing the seventh issue of later on in the show. Um, it's all about the mad, all the magic in the world running out, and uh, Doctor Strange and all the various magical characters in the Marvel universe. Uh, what are they going to do without all this magic and all these people who are creatures of science hunting them down, them down to kill them? Mm. Um, so this issue, I believe, is just a one shot. 
I could be wrong. Um, but it was a sort of anthology-style series of short stories tied together by a sort of um, through-line of um, Doctor Strange's new sort of assistant, I guess, looking yep. through his library. Um, and it introduces us to some of the other magic users from around the um, Marvel world. And so we have um, various creative teams on each story. The um, overarching kind of little narrative uh, that, that introduces us to some great characters like Mahatma Doom. Yeah, that was um, awesome. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, a, a, like a, a magical uh, monk who originally helped Doctor Doom, or, sorry, Victor Von Doom become Doctor Doom. And yep. uh, he was the last of the monks that survived and he has decided to be the... Uh, the evening factor in the world. If, if, if Dr. Doom is evil, he is the, the bringer of life. <laughs> and he calls himself Mahatma Doom. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so that was written by Jason Aaron and um, art by uh, Leonardo Romero, Romero, which I loved. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. spectacular. Really beautiful art. Um, and always colours by the brilliant Geordie Blair. Uh, then we got a Dr. Voodoo story. And um, since he is in Uncanny Avengers... Um, which has been written by Jerry Duggan. Jerry Duggan writes a solo Dr. Voodoo story with art by... Danilo Beirut. And, uh, that was sweet. Yeah, it was nice. I like that as well. Cool I story. thought that was a really good fun... Um, I don't know much about the Dr. Voodoo character, so I thought this was pretty cool. Rick Remender did a very short-lived run that I liked quite a lot a few yeah. years ago, just before his um, acclaimed Uncanny uh, X-Force run. He did right, a Dr. Right. Dr. Voodoo run. Um, and then finally, we get James Robinson, who has currently been he's, he's been writing Scarlet Witch, so he has got a uh, mm-hmm. connection to the magic characters in, in the Marvel universe. Um, but he wrote a story called The Woo, which is about a character that I've, I've never heard of before. Yeah, me neither. But I was super into her. Yeah. Like, I love a good magic policeman, Definitely policewoman. So, yeah, so she's the uh, the daughter of a, pol- a, a, Brit- a British policeman and a British uh, magician lady, and, and a Chinese magician yes. lady. And uh, so she dies, um, the mother dies, and then her powers go to her daughter. And th- th- But then she uses, she's a police w- woman who sh- fires magic bullets. It's way cooler than we're making it sound. <laughs> <laughs> As is everything we talk about in this podcast. Um, uh, this is a cool anthology of stories that don't really have a, you know, a big, uh, huge amount of importance in the future. Mm. But uh, they're, they're fun stories all the same. Absolutely. And it's a good sort of, um, if you don't know m- that much about the magical side of the Marvel Universe and you're looking forward to the last days of magic. Yeah, or um, the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, or the Doctor Strange movie. Absolutely. This is a really fun, cool little one shot to check out. Yeah. And it wasn't the only anthology book that Marvel put out this week. Um, this one came out of nowhere. I had no idea it was coming out. Yeah, me neither. Uh, written by Ryan North, who's currently uh, writing Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Um, and, of course, has a long background in uh, comedic internet comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a year of Marvels. Um, and so this is uh, like a, a calendar. Kind of reminds me of like the last Halloween. Yeah. Uh, the Batman stories that were each issue was a different month. This is uh, two months per issue. And each month being a, uh, a story focusing on a different Marvel character. So we get a story focusing on Spider-Man on Valentine's Day because his comic begins in February. And uh, then we get uh, the March story is Ant-Man and his crew uh, in Miami for spring break. And that story was actually written by Amy Chu. So it's um, oh, right, written thought, by two different... Yeah. Oh, right, I thought Ryan did the whole thing. There you go. Um, oh, so that's crazy. That means we're going to have different creative teams on each mm, month, which is pretty month. fun. I yeah. do enjoy that. I love these kind of these kind of stories. I kind of I would have I would have loved it a lot more if um, there was an overarching plot that links, even yeah. as a tiny one that linked all these little stories together. And I don't I don't know maybe maybe that will happen. Um, that but as a lighthearted cool. little sort of monthly book, just to have a bit of fun with um, some of the Marvel characters, I think it was really good. I was a little bit like I thought that the 
um, Spider-Man story written by Ryan North was fairly average. Sure, but I mean, there were some good jokes in it. There were some good jokes. He writes a good Peter Parker slash yeah. Spider-Man. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of which, we saw a very good Peter Parker slash Spider-Man on the big screen this week. Civil he War. He was so good. Not easily one of the best things about it. Um, yeah. We uh we don't we won't go in too far into it right now, but mm. I mean we both loved it, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. definitely enjoyed it. I don't know if I like loved it. Um, I've recorded two podcasts about it already. <laughs> my, <laughs> my other podcast, Hey Fam, if you want to go check it out on the iTunes Store, we uh, we did a, an immediate uh, spoiler reaction podcast after seeing the premiere on Wednesday, um, and then I uh, just recorded another one with um, a Melbourne comedian, Steel Saunders, who runs the uh, Star Wars podcast, Steel Wars, um, who also loved it. So we kind of did a. Uh, even more thoughts on it. I just mm. think it's such a great step forward for superhero movies Absolutely. in general. And, and just showing the audience that you can balance, you know, up to 10 superheroes at once and give everybody a fair amount of story and, 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 and character. Yeah, I think it achieved that better than most event comics, you know? Like, every every felt, character felt like they progressed a little bit and the characters that you were introduced to felt like you did them justice, you know? Like, I Definitely. loved T'Challa. I loved... Um, New Spidey. I thought that there was there was some really good stuff in there. Yeah, actually, like of all the characters, hilarious. Like I, I wasn't expecting this at all. The two absolutely best handled characters mm. are Black Panther and Spider Man. Yeah, so, absolutely. Very cool stuff. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet. It's definitely worth your time. And if if uh, if Batman v Superman or even Age of Ultron left mm. a bad taste in your mouth, this will get rid of that. Yeah. Flush it right out. It's the uh, after. What do you call it when you? What do you? Bro- mouthwash. It's the mouthwash <laughs> that we all need. <laughs> um, cool. Let's move on to. Um, a comic set, um, a comic based on toys that I never had when I was a kid. But um, <laughs> me neither. It's it's definitely it's still you know ev- everything that was ever something is going to be a comic book at some point. Yeah, absolutely. In our lifetimes, so uh, Micronauts number one. And I believe I could be I could be wrong because um, I heard this secondhand from one of the Scots at King's Comics. Um, <laughs> if he's wrong, we won't say which Scott it is. <laughs> Um, but he said that the Micronauts was actually used to be a comic book printed by Marvel. And so some of the sort of, um, the microverse, that was actually a Micronauts thing that then got taken in by Marvel. Yeah. I think, and, uh, Rom the Space Knight was in yes. Micronauts comic books as well. Yes. Um, in any case, this comic is written by, um, Cullen Bunn and out through IDW. There's a stack of artists and colorists working on it, which mm. confused me a lot. That there's about, confusing. Like, like, there's like five different colorists working on this. Yeah. There's like a breakdowns guy, fin- four different finishes guys, four colors guys. That's confusing. But, uh. It was a, a strange story. You said you liked it. So you, 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 you enjoyed go first. it. Well, it's sort of like they're kind of um, it, it introduces you to the Micronauts team, who are a team of sort of it seems like they're kind of Firefly style space cowboy smugglers, <laughs> whatever you need them to do. But it's a pretty fun team. I thought that there were some good jokes in it. I like the combination of sort of humanoid style aliens one of whom used to be isn't some kind of pharaoh race race of pharaohs um and you know lots of lots of cool robots and stuff like that what did you not like about this well so i've I've spoken about how i don't really care about continuity that much in the past but this bugged me i feel like if this was a if this comic was a creator-owned comic Mm. and i mean it was exactly the same but i knew that there was nothing before it i would have been fine but because there are things that came before this. I was so confused. I was like, oh, wait, what does he do? What is... I, I just kind of know. Mm. I, I feel like they didn't really introduce the characters or the concept of these characters well enough, given that they already have a history. Right, that I, okay. I mean, that, that's it. I know nothing about this history, so it doesn't really matter what happened before. Mm. But it just bugged me that I felt like a lot of things... Like, certain things are going over my head. 
Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, the, I guess... The big evil character that gets introduced in the middle of the comic that then doesn't appear again. I didn't understand where he kind of fit in with everyone else. Yeah, and, and there were definitely a couple of, like, reveals in there that I went way over my head. But um, I thought I thought they did a pretty good job of introducing this universe... To someone who has like, I have no, I don't even know what micronauts are in terms of toys. I'm guessing little robots or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty enjoyable, and I think that despite the fact that there were five different people working on it, that's got a pretty distinctive style Definitely, and um, yeah. some really interesting, cool character designs, which I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed this. Cullen, Cullen Bunn's dialogue writing in this is really good. I yeah, that's absolutely. What, that's what makes it really enjoyable. Great characterization. Uh, so we will be reading issue two of uh, of Micronauts, I guess. Yeah, I will, despite myself. And uh, also issue two of A Year of Marvels, and uh, not very, very not very many number ones this week. Uh, mm. The last one uh, is Darkwing Duck, another old property, nowhere near as old as Micronauts. Apparently, Micronauts were invented in like the seventies. Yeah, I think so. Which yeah. is crazy. So Darkwing Duck was a uh, a Disney afternoon cartoon show when I was a kid in the early nineties. Uh, featuring spin-off characters from DuckTales, Launchpad McQuack. But uh, Darkwing Duck is like, I guess, you know, one of the first kind of cartoon parodies of superheroes. Yeah. And uh, especially Batman, like, you know, Darkwing Duck has the, he's he's the, you know, the I guess like the, the, the Dark Knight, but a duck. He's the Duck Knight. Yeah. And, um, and he, you know, he, he, he has a secret identity, and um, but it also duck has cave. A, yeah, it's it's you know it's 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 goofy. It's really funny. He has like a a big crazy rogues gallery. The my fondest memory is the advertisements for um, all of the Duckwing Duck action figures when I was a kid because they were actually really sick. Um, and uh, it was cool seeing all of these characters in this comic again. And uh, I haven't seen this co- seen Duckwing Duck in I guess like twenty years, but. My memories from watching this as a ten-year-old was all I needed to just fully immerse myself in this universe again. And the, 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 it was written by um, these guys have actually done done a Darkwing Duck comic before, which I, I didn't read, but uh, I written did. by Aaron Sparrow and uh, James Silvani, um, and it's out through Joe Books and Disney. Uh, this is just I don't know. It's just was just really fun. If you have any fondness for Darkwing Duck, and I feel like you know everything else has made it come back. I I, I would love to watch a bunch of uh, Darkwing Duck cartoons yeah, with my son absolutely. when he's a bit older. So, yeah, it was very, very fun. And, and it's, you know, it's very fun and goofy and slapstick. And uh, there's, some, there's, some, there's some great jokes in this book. Uh, I actually had, I think, one of the first... My first introduction to comics was Disney comics, actually. Oh, yeah? I had, like, Tailspin and, uh, and DuckTales comics when I was a kid. Yeah, so good. Uh, yeah. So, that's uh, Darkwing Duck. I'll definitely be reading number two of that, too. It was a, a fun trip down memory lane. Yeah, and I'm sad because it's actually already sold out at King's. Yeah. So um, I will be hopefully picking up a second print if they do one. <laughs> yeah, again, uh, if you uh, want to pick up most of these comics, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can do so at King's Comics. Um, and uh, it's actually where we're recording right now. We're surrounded by piles and piles of free comic book day comic books in the uh, back office. And we'll be talking about those later in the show. But first, we're going to get through all of the regular issues. Oh my gosh. Holy moly. This is a, a fun week of playing catch up with a lot of uh, my favorite series. Yeah. Um. Should we start with Saga? Yeah, why not? So, uh, everyone knows what Saga is, right? Brian K. Vaughan, Fiona Staples, uh, an incredible space epic um, with so many different characters and plot threads and just tearing at your heartstrings at, at mm. every every corner. Um, the last, this arc, this is the finale, this issue 36, the finale of them, of, of every, they do it, arcs of six, mm. and this, this is the end of the most recent arc, the sixth arc. Um for those who don't know how maths works. <laughs> um, and uh, 
I feel like I've, a lot of the criticism I've read of this uh, run, or this arc, sorry, has been a bit negative. That saying that you know this is a bit slow and not as much as happening as, as as previous arcs. But I don't think I've ever been as satisfied in Saga as the spoilers for those who haven't caught up on Saga yet. There is a reunion between uh, some Yay. of the main characters, and when it does happen, it is just unbelievably beautiful, yep. and I was reduced to tears. Yeah, this is. <laughs> This is one of those ones where, like, um, you know, I think that Brian K. Vaughan can occasionally be um, a bit slower paced, and so I understand the criticism like that. But also when you've read some of his other long-running series, you have to assume that he's laying the groundwork for something. Definitely. You know? So um, I think it's okay when there's a little bit more slowness, and I definitely thought that this was going to be a real upsetting issue um and it was just it ends, it was just it ends on one of the like i feel like so many of the arcs have the last issue is where they get you they, they kill yeah. off characters you love blah blah and so another spoiler i'm not fully going to spoil this <laughs> issue but uh no one dies in this issue no one dies and they make a big point of that and i feel like it's a really really positive thing to to end a comic on a really exciting note of, and it's and, and in fact, you know, it's it's all about new life, yeah, and 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 parenting and family, and which is at the core of what Saga has always been about since the beginning. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I'm 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 not afraid to admit that I cried my eyes out even just remembering this <laughs> and recounting it to my wife later. I, 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 the 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 reunion in this is, and especially seeing it from from Hazel's perspective is yeah. just. Like it was so well done. Very emotional. Is, not, is he a father? Or he just, just has a has like a cat. I have no idea. Because I, I don't know. I've, I I wonder if it was just me being a, a big sooky dad that made <laughs> me like really really emote with this. Like it was yeah powerful man. <laughs> Absolutely, and I really loved um, the sort of development of. Marco's mother, whose name I've forgotten, um, that was something really cool that I sort of didn't expect. That Absolutely. I thought it was really, really like yeah. I mean, awesome. and, and, and just when you you know you thought the emotions weren't weren't big enough, yeah. you had to say goodbye, but not for good. Yeah. So look, I mean, what I, what I think is the best thing about Saga and all sagas is that there are so many different threads that they can begin and and, and look at with the next arc. There's so many different characters out and mm-hmm. about, and um, I'm really excited just for. I hope this book goes for. Yeah, it just goes forever. <laughs> well, no, I don't think that. <laughs> but you know, I hope we get a, some point, a nice please. big meaty run. I mean, what the average Absolutely. average Brian K. Vaughan? I, mean, I think Why the Last Man had sixty issues. X Machina had fifty issues, and he did maybe about thirty of um, Runaways. Mm. Am I forgetting anything major that he did a long run on? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, hope, I, I'm hoping this is maybe his longest run. Yeah, year. absolutely. And it cannot be stated enough how brilliant Fiona Staples is. She's made this like unbelievably unique looking universe. Um, and it's just half of the emotional, absolutely. um, you know, uh, impact definitely comes from her. I just realized that there's a, there's a big crashing wave on the front cover. And I think that is a metaphor for the amount of tears you will shed <laughs> in this issue. So you should buy it. Did you cry on any other issues this week, Siobhan? Um, I'm setting you up with an impossible second. Yeah, I know. I was like <laughs> trying to think of anything that made me cry. I don't think so. I'm fairly heartless. So um, <laughs> did you really made me cry. Did you read Ultimates number six? Yeah, I did read Ultimates number six. So this is a, uh, a Marvel comic uh, that spun out of Secret Wars. Probably the one that has the most connections to, uh, to the Secret Wars massive Hickman event. Yeah, absolutely. It's the only one that still feels like it's grounded in that universe. Everything else seems fairly far away. Definitely. Um, and it's written by Al Ewing, whose comics I'd never... I certainly didn't dislike them. 
them, but I never. I, I now, after reading a lot of these issues, I'm like, I need to go back and read all of his like Mighty Avengers stuff. Yeah. Um, mm, I don't think that's necessarily necessary. <laughs> right. Well, I, I really, I'm really enjoying this run, especially this issue. Yeah. Uh, so this one, we had a fill-in artist in Christian Ward, whose work in the past I haven't loved, um, but it, it's really suited to this story. One of the biggest. Uh, one of the first things that this Ultimates team, which features like Black Panther, Captain Marvel, um, America Chavez. Um, the blue guy? Yep, blue guy. You know. <laughs> the blue guy. You know um, what I mean. One of, the, one of the first missions I did was uh, track down uh, Galactus, one of the biggest cosmic threats in the Marvel Universe. You and... remember that pink cloud from Fantastic Four 2? <laughs> yeah, they tracked down a cloud <laughs> and then they vacuumed him up. And uh, no, so Galactus, uh, they, they track him down and they end up... Uh, Basically, turning him from a, a you know a, a forever hungry destroyer of worlds, they turn him into the life bringer, and so he finds old planets that he has destroyed and brings new life to these planets. And now he's gold. I think this is really cool, and I hope it sticks around for a while because he's still like a pompous dick. Yeah. And uh, but but he's you know a man with a mission now beyond just you know insatiable hunger. Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting watching, like, Galactus have some character development. Absolutely. Um, I, 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 you could say this is a one-shot. It, it has a beautiful beginning and end kind of uh, book bookends. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I haven't been... Like, I've read a couple of issues of this run and I've been enjoying it, but I definitely missed the last couple and I picked this up fully expecting not to understand what was going on, but it was a really nice sort of self-contained little issue, mm. um, which, yeah, really good fun. What's interesting is, is that we haven't seen this version of Galactus in any other books uh, that he's been in recently. Uh, he's He's been purple in Squirrel Girl, um, which we should talk about next. That yeah, was fantastic. Uh, and Howard the Duck. But I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this is a, an, an iteration of this character that we see for a while. And one of the best things about this is he has a conversation with uh, none other than the uh, main reason Secret Wars even happened, um, Owen Reese, the... Um, Molecule Man. That's right. Um, they have a, an amazing, um, amazing conversation where, like, you know, Galactus is fully aware that he has to be careful of how he steps and how he talks because Owen Reese could end him with just one thought, which surely isn't something that Galactus has to deal with super often. Yeah, I just thought there, was, there was so much to love in this in this story, and uh, I love Marvel Cosmic stuff so much. Yeah, absolutely, and I love I love any opportunity when there seems like um, it's sort of. A problem that you can't solve with punching and then they solve it with punching that's my favorite thing <laughs> so in this galactus is like the um lords of chaos and order are like you have to you have to go back to being the devourer like that is that's your role in this universe like you're messing everything up are they kirby creations the, uh, um i actually don't know they're so cool but uh, they're so just giant floating heads lord chaos and master order and instead of going, you know what, maybe you guys are right, or like just dealing with it, Galactus punches the lords in their faces. So really good. Good Let's resolution. Let's talk about um, DC stuff. Should we talk about good DC stuff or maybe good DC stuff? <laughs> Let's go maybe first. Yeah. Um, Dark Knight 3, The Master Race by Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello, and uh, Andy Cubitt. Andy Cubitt, the good Cubitt. Thoughts? I mean, are, there any, are there any good cubits left? Ooh. I think I think uh, on this book, I think the best thing about this book is Andy Cubitt's work. I definitely like it more, like him sort of aping Frank Miller's style than I do normally enjoy Andy Cubitt's work. But you read this, and then you read a, a, an issue of um, the all new, all different Avengers that um, Adam Cubitt's drawing, and yeah. I, I can't read that. That's a, that, that's just unreadable to me. Neither of them are their dad. <laughs> um, and I, I bet they're crying more than I did while I read Saga, <laughs> if they hear that. Um, so, uh, 
This has been a, a, an interesting book. Um, I, of course, Dark Knight Returns is one of the you know most re- most recommended classics to anyone who's gotten into comics for the first mm-hmm. time. It's like the always at the top three Batman books of all time. Yep. Um, Frank Miller, of course, drawing and, and painting that one. Sorry, writing and, and drawing that one himself. Uh, he then did uh, Dark Knight Returns again or something. Dark Knight Strikes Again. Dark Knight Strikes Again. <laughs> no, the I Dark, mean, yeah. Dark Knight Again. Um, and uh, that one gets really, really bad criticism. No one seems to like it. I bought it on a digital sale forever and just let it sit, sit in my library. And then when these current issues came out, which is about 10 years after the, the second one came out, um, I was I actually enjoyed them more than I thought I would. Mm. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe I will read um, Dark Knight Strikes Again. And uh, I did not hate it at all. Mm. Like it's it's like hammy. I guess you know you, Frank Miller's style is is pretty easy to kind of pick now. So it was like, oh, I'm reading a Frank Miller book. This is yeah. fun. Um, the art gets really really bad in it at, at a few points. Um, but which is why I like this this again. But this is uh, Master Race is very slow. Um, it is. I for some reason had convinced myself that this was like a four issue series. Well, so I was really like, man, they're gonna four, like, they're gonna wrap this up really quick. That Night Strikes Again was only three issues. Yeah, and now it's um so. Yeah, this issue wasn't, like, incredible. I mean, it's got, like, Frank Miller's very, um, his politics come out very strongly in his work, and sometimes he can be the kind of writer who's a little bit extreme for reasons that I don't think are necessary in the book, like... Mm-hmm. It's um, a very, very careful way to put it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so there's definitely there's definitely problems. I mean, like, do we need to see... Superman's daughter beating her dad potentially to death. Spoilers. Yeah. Haven't we seen Superman die enough this year? Yeah. For Pete's sakes. Um, but it was, yeah, this was a slow issue, but fine. Yeah. I, I, I think the overall story, I'm only talking about it because we haven't, this is the first issue that's come out since mm. we started the podcast. Uh, I think. Um, yeah. I don't know that there's something about this this book that, that I don't, there's, I should hate it. I feel like I really should hate it. I am Cause, enjoying cause it. Because it almost represents everything I dislike about DC. Absolutely. Like, you know, this I mean, Frank Miller unnecessarily is... aggressive version of Batman, Superman, yeah. a, a world gone to hell. And Frank Miller definitely sort of ushered in that style of superhero comic. Yeah, for sure. His um, Batman books. And Azarello, I, I really like as a writer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he has shown many times that he doesn't have to be unnecessarily dark at all times. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't hate this book. I don't, no, I don't, I don't. I don't know what kind of review that is. I, I, you know, what I love about it is the format. I love that you get the mini comic that you can then go back and read after finishing the main part of the comic. Yeah. And I think you know any any reason that forces someone that doesn't normally buy you know is- standard issues to go to a comic book store and pick up this thing that you can't get anywhere else. Mm. I think that should be celebrated. Absolutely. Um, I think it's one of those books that like I have really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the first three issues. This one was like a little bit meh, but I'm definitely. I think. As a finished product, it'll be, like, more interesting to talk about, if it even gets finished. Like, he never finished All-Star Batman and Robin, so there's there's every chance that this could be yet another unfinished book, especially if it's supposed to go up to, I think, 12 issues. Right, really? Crazy. That's going to be unnecessary as hell. Massively unnecessary. I could be totally wrong <laughs> I, I, I thought eight for some reason, but I don't know what I'm basing that on. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm basing 12 on. <laughs> Um, just quickly, another DC book I read this week was uh, the 11th issue of The Omega Men. I've spoken about this every time I get a chance to. It's by Tom King with art by uh, someone, Begenda. What's his name? Barnaby. Barnaby Begenda. That's a good name. Great name. Um, and this is a, a, a big space opera about um, 
you know, good versus evil, but are the good, do you, can you, can you succeed as the good guys while only being good or have you got to get your hands dirty too? Kyle Rayner, the Green Lantern, he certainly does. So, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a long running epic, but it's only 12 issues long. Uh, and, uh, we've got one more issue left. So, I don't know, get on board now or just wait a month and hopefully all the trades will be out. I think this is going to be one of the most interesting interesting comics coming that, that, that DC have put out in the last five years and, and I think will be one that people talk about for years to come. Yeah, so. I'm really excited about Tom King being DC exclusive. I know that sort of locks him out of doing interesting stuff at Marvel, but if you can just get someone with an interesting voice on a book that matters, it can really influence the rest of the universe. So I'm really interested to see what he does on Batman. Yeah, well, I mean, so the three books of his that I'm reading at the moment, um, Omega Man, The Vision, and uh, Sheriff of Babylon... Uh, those are my like, like top of my pile. Like, oh my god, I can't wait to wait mm. to read these as soon as I see them. So, yeah, Tom King, what please, a guy. Save DC, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move over to DC's competition, Marvel, Doctor Strange. We reviewed the uh, the one shot earlier, but the main comic by uh, Jason Aaron and uh, Chris Pacello on art uh, had its its part two of the uh, the Last Days of Magic storyline. It's very confusing talking about both comics, mm. but it's not really that confusing. Um, this is just a, a really, really cool story that I feel like Doctor Strange really needed. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we've got a Doctor Strange movie coming out at the end of the year, um, and there aren't that many Doctor Strange stories that someone who's been reading comics for, say, a decade mm. can recommend people. Um, Brian K. Vaughan actually wrote an, an okay um, miniseries yeah. by Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange in it a while ago, and I thought Hickman used... Doctor Strange to great effect in his uh, New yeah. Avengers run. But it's another really good Doctor Strange book. Was there a Mike Mignola one or something? We, we, anyway. Oh, yeah, no, which I stole from you years yeah. ago and oh, I've never given it back to you. Yeah, there's, it's a Doctor Strange and Doctor, Doctor Doom. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a that real, was that's awesome. A great book. Going to hell to save Doom's mum. Real fun. Uh, so, I mean, I, I feel like Jason Aaron, I wasn't sure what he was doing in the first issues of this series, mm. but now that this event has come out and you know, they, they, they've made an event out of it, but it's not, you know, it's not involving too many other crossover books. Yeah, I it's, think it'll be pretty, like, self-contained to the magic characters. Yeah, um, and uh, this is a great book, and it's the best thing Chris Pacelli's done in years as well. He's so Absolutely. suited to, to this. Yeah, I love this. Um, and I like the, so the, the villain in this series um, are called the Empirical, which I think is, like, a quite good name for bad guys and I quite like there, them there as are bad very guys. few bad guy names left in the yeah, world so whenever someone comes up with a good one it's, it's, it's very exciting very well done on their behalf and so this is the kind of origin story of these characters and it's sort of set up like the classic Superman origin story which is a little bit overdone but whatever it still works um and it's pretty fun and so you see you see the empirical as being a little bit justified you know magic destroyed his planet and magic destroyed his family so obviously he has to destroy magic um yeah really enjoyable yeah really good a really great villain and uh they, they, they are humanizing the, the villains in in a good way as well mm, absolutely so, uh, yeah, i'm looking forward to see where this goes mm. Ho- hopefully we get a science character out of it in the in the main marvel universe oh yeah that would be fun um so the biggest uh, the biggest book that uh marvel put out this week uh was the finale to their standoff assault on pleasant hill event uh written by nick spencer drawn by daniel Acuna, but um finished by artists that don't normally do Daniel Acuna stuff, so it looks very different in parts to what Acuna normally does. Mm. Um, 
this was like just a classic example of me getting excited for an event that you know is going to let you down and then it kind of does, but you don't really care. It just kind of peters off like so many events and one could argue like so many Nick Spencer books. No. <laughs> Superior Foes of Spider-Man is good till the end. Yeah. Um, I haven't read it. Uh, so, um, I mean, you've, if you if you follow any comic book websites, you'll have seen the news to come out of this. We spoiled it at the beginning. There is a new Quasar. Holy which, shit! But that is just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Because I mean, Quasar stopped being Quasar at the end of the big cosmic run by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, mm-hmm. like five, six years ago. Yeah. Uh, no one's been calling for his return except for Vern. Vern at King's Comics loves Quasar. It's right. his favourite. Well, so Quasar, of course, it's whoever whoever holds the the bands around their wrists. Quasar, I don't know what they're called again. I don't know. He's got magic bracelets. Magic, magic ba- bangles. Uh, and uh, it's been different identities over the past. And now, for no reason, it's just some random girl from S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, she's just been given. Also, I just Googled Quasar to try and um, look up a little bit more information. It was just science. And I was like, where is the comics? <laughs> um I feel like there, there just wasn't enough done with the, this S.H.I.E.L.D. character yeah, to, to make me care. Is she a character from the TV show? No. Oh, okay. Because I like, I was like, is this some kind of stupid... No, it's not an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No, MCU. not at all. With, you've got that with, you know, Daisy. Yeah. Um, Quick, whatever her hell name is. Um, Quake. Quake. Yeah, that's it. Terrible. Um, it's not that bad in the TV show, but I get... I, it is pretty annoying when the comics mirror, mirror yeah. the, the TV and the movies. Um. Of course, you've also got Steve Rogers now being young, and this is another disappointing event that has been used to set up a new status quo for Bucky Barnes. Yeah. So the same thing happened with Original Sin. Um, That entire event existed to make him the new protector of the universe that lasted for about eight issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secret Wars happened, and now Bucky Barnes is going to be in the Thunderbolts with like pretty much all the original Thunderbolts team from Kurt Busiek's uh, initial run, which is kind of cool. Um, the comic looks very 90s. It really does. <laughs> but um, we'll give it a shot. It's coming out next week. Um, I think... And also we've got this new character who is Cubic, who's going to be in Thunderbolts as well, which kind of gives it a different angle. Yeah, that makes it a little bit more interesting, the fact that there's like... A cosmic cube lady. Cosmic cube child. Um, this also, big spoiler, brings back a classic Captain America villain who looks like he... I'm like This feels like one of those events that is just being used to set up another event the only thing it didn't feel like that until this point yeah absolutely it was one of those ones that i was like man this is a really cool idea why didn't they build this more like i would have loved to read so much more about pleasant hill and how that came about the daily life and all that stuff but you could tell it was just being sort of pushed forward to um as a means to an end so good job nick spencer doing something interesting with that yeah but um yeah Yeah, and also red skull being back at the end wasn't satisfying for me at all. No. Um. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Because we got like a small glimpse of him in the Captain America issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, just like Quasar appears out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, you have the Red Skull bringing back Hydra, but, like, actually just, like, roping in, like, racists. Yeah, like, small-town racists. I, I don't, I don't, With his I don't sexy think daughter. That, I don't think that's exciting. Especially, does he still have Xavier's brain in his head? Ah, oh, who knows? I, think, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just didn't find that satisfying at all. No. This was a, a bit of a dud end to an event. Um, and uh, speaking of dud events, we're going to be reviewing... Uh, or, or talking about Civil War 2, the free comic book day issue that Marvel putting out oh, yeah. very soon. Uh, have we got any more comics that we want to talk about that came out this week? Some more Marvel. I read uh, the latest Spider-Woman, which is, again, furthering good. the uh, the Spider-Gwen and Silk team-up. Um, this is a really fun book. But then but then after reading Standoff and then reading that, I'm like, oh, no, is this just going to piss me off as well? Yeah. This little mini spider event. Just gonna set I feel like there's enough going on in Spider Woman's world that, that she doesn't really need anything else happen. I no. Feel like, I just hope that she just gets home and then we just go, oh, cool, that was a fun little team up. Ah, four more issues to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I did want to talk about because I haven't really been keeping up with this and it was such a fun issue was um, Unbeatable Squirrel oh, shit. Girl we didn't talk issue about this, seven. Of course. Yeah, we said we were going to and then we didn't, but then we did, so it's fine. Thanks, Jamal. <laughs> um, so this is also being written by Ryan North of what was that other one called? Uh, a month, year of Marvels, year of Marvels, and dinosaur comics fame, and he's been writing this since um, they relaunched the character. And this issue was just like fairly standalone. I assume it wasn't part of any kind of ongoing story. It seemed to me, um, other than sort of general, general day in the life of Squirrel Girl continuity. But he um, he wrote it as a choose your own adventure story, which is really fun. And Ryan North has actually done. Um, he wrote a book called To Be or Not To Be, which is a choose-your-own-adventure version of Hamlet. Um, and he's mm. doing another one about Ophelia. So Amazing. he's very, very experienced at this sort of thing. He's and very, he's very so experienced funny. at choosing his own adventure. Loves good adventure and choosing it. This was so good to the point that I wish that, that this was a comic that came out once a month in yeah, this format. absolutely. I would read this forever. There were so many jokes and it was so well told. And I love the, like, the, the cast of characters that they're building up for Squirrel Girl, like, Koi boy, yeah, a friend who's a fish guy, and like there's a lot of meta jokes in here, which like can be pretty hit or miss, but they yeah. are pretty much all hits. This this issue, yeah, I feel like he was saving up a lot of his best jokes for this issue, and yeah, absolutely, it was just a joy to read, and and I reread it again, and you can't, it's not really like a a regular choose your own adventure, like it's pretty easy to read both. There's only two parts, yeah, pretty much at most at any time, and it's pretty easy to read both of them, yeah, and just kind of yeah take it all in like that, but yeah, it's 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 a fun, really really fun comic. Um, when I was a kid, there was an amazing Choose Your Own Adventure Ren and Stimpy comic. Oh, wow. Which I awesome. later found out was written by Dan Slott. Huh. Um, so a lot of my favorite 
comics as a kid were Ren and Stimpy issues, and Dan Slott pretty much wrote all of them. Wow, I had no idea so he used to write Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, That's yeah, crazy. yeah. And I still have them all, all, all the original issues. Um, oh, man. That's they're, they're, awesome. They're super good. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but that was an actual Choose Your Own Adventure. Like, you know, had you like turning to one page and then turning back to another page, and it, it got you caught in like an infinite loop of going back. Yeah, it was very <laughs> clever, very goofy. Um, another really fun comedy comic from X-Men was uh, X-Men, The Worst X-Man Ever um, by Max Bemis and Michael Walsh. Um, this is just, uh, we spoke about it in the first uh, episode of Serious Issues. It's uh, just a, a really fun character, uh, comic about a, a fairly useless mutant whose only power is that he explodes once and then he's dead. Good so power. That's his power and it's him trying to fit in in the Academy and the, and the Marvel Universe. Um, and this is... This is kind of following his adventure on uh, looking into the dark side of uh, of mutants, and so. it's always super fun to have an X Men book that's not caught up in the current continuity, especially There's when no they're... weird Inhumans or anything like that. In this, <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading Inhumans books lately. Yeah, they're good. I, I really like Uncanny Inhumans. I'm not enjoying all new Inhumans very much, though. Is that the Crystal one? Yeah, I kind of like them both. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I just find this one that one so much so much more plotting than the. Uh, it's true. It is more sort of. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so last few comics that we can talk about um, is just the, playing catch up with uh, some of our favorite Im- image series. I read mm-hmm. new issues of Injection by Warren Ellis, um, Sex by Joe Casey, Sex Criminals, the Double Sex Week uh, by Matt. <laughs> you would be surprised how many how many months there are, weeks there are where these two books sync up. No, and, I know. And I get two books with sex in their title. I've put them on the shelf and felt like a dirty creep. Um, Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky's Sex Criminals, um, Rick Remender's Low, and um, the most confusing comic to keep up with each month, or each, each quarter when it comes out, mm. now, um, Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting Velvet. Epting's Can't wait to Velvet. read that in one. <laughs> it, there is n- no book on the shelves that screams more wait for trade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's beautiful owning the issues because the issues themselves are fantastic. Um, you know, the, Steve Epting's art is, is amazing and so well suited to this story, but I just have no idea remembering who anyone is except Velvet. Yeah, this is a great story. Anyway, um, the the it involves her uh, taking hostage, taking a president, certain president of the sixties hostage. So uh, fun, oh, super man. duper fun, really great. But then, like, it's bookended by two things where I was like, "Huh, <laughs> who was <laughs> yeah. that again?" The, the big reveal at this, and this happened again in Sex Criminals, like the the final page where it's like, "Dun dun dun." These guys. I was like, I was like "Oh, I don't know who that is. I can't yeah. remember." And that nothing makes you feel dumber than <laughs> yeah, than know. not knowing something that the author's like, "Huh, huh." Um, Come on, remember? Sex Criminals finally decided to uh, push push the, the plot forward. Finally. Um, and we're really, you know, we're really getting back on track with the rollicking story now. Um, yeah. And I was immediately back on board because I was a little bit like, nah, in the last couple of issues of Sex Criminals. But the fact that they've started pushing it forward again was just so fun. Um, and I'm enjoying it again already. But again, the final page of this, I just have no idea about... what I, I don't know who they are. I think oh, I do. I think, I think I vaguely remember these characters, but um, it doesn't feel like a massive cliffhanger ending to me because I was just like, huh? Sex, <laughs> Sex Criminals is one... Though, sorry, I stopped... I very obviously stopped listening to you then and started reading the letters page because that is like definitely get the single issues for the letters page. Oh, absolutely. Because they are hilarious. It's the longest letters section, I think, in any comic. And it's so funny. So They're funny. so consistently funny. Absolutely. I love Chips so the much. The sex tips at the top of each page. Chips Zdarsky <laughs> is just, just a delightful human that exists in our world. Oh, God, he's the best. Like, sex tip. Here's the thing about balls. Even we don't really know what to do with them. <laughs> 
Best. They actually released all those tips as like a little standalone um, hardcover sex tips called Just, just, just the, the Tips. tips. <laughs> uh, so if you like dirty jokes, that is definitely a good one for you to get. Absolutely. Um, a quick plug for one of my favorite comics that I don't know anyone else who reads, uh, Sex. Uh, they just put out the 27th issue of this. It's been going for almost as long as Saga has. It's written by Joe Casey, who is a complete douchebag. Don't read his letters page. He doesn't even have a letters oh, really? page. He has a rant at the end of every one of these oh, issues. How stressful. Oh, God. He just seems like the most horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's a great Very mature writer. of you to be able to... Um distance yourself no i'm an r&b and rap fan all so, right yeah. okay. <laughs> you kind of have to <laughs> <laughs> um the art is by peter kowalski who is as 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 much of a reason as the writing to come check out this this series um it's a you know a strange uh analogy of a post batman world where batman stops being batman and just be, and just becomes bruce wayne but it's also in a world where sex is prevalent everywhere and catwoman is a dominatrix and blah blah blah, blah. it's it sounds hot it's cool i don't understand you know, like it's become less and less about sex. There's still a lot of sex that happens in it, but yeah. um, you know, it's it's a great name for a comic. Yeah, uh, I feel like the name almost works against it because people just look at it and go, "You know what? I just I just don't have the effort." Um, yeah, it's a good comic. I'm sure it is. Um, and uh, it's a it they do a great job of juggling a lot of lot of characters. Like, I mean, like just look at this cast list here in the front, um, which which they've only just started to do with this issue. Oh wow, we've got what like uh. 14, 15 characters in play. And uh, you never really begin an issue of this going like, who's that again? What, what do they do with this thing? It's, it's always, even though there's been a gap in between issues, you're right back on, on track with it. Um, same as Injection, um, Warren Ellis. I had trouble remembering who all the characters were in the first few issues, but this has become one of my favorite books that comes out each month and the humor has become really prevalent. Um, there's a, one of Warren Ellis's best characters um, is uh, is a character called Viv, who is kind of like this very camp know-it-all kind of. Uh, I, don't know, I don't even know how you would describe his job, but he's just like, like a classic Warren Ellis um, nice. um, protagonist. Really, really great, and uh, you know just knows way too much about the world that he's a part of. Uh, and finally, uh, Rick Remender's Low. I think I can 100% say that this is my favorite comic that Rick Remender is writing at the moment, um, and the the story. It's a big call. He, he loves turning all of his stories on, on their head every few issues, and he absolutely has done that recently in this issue. Uh, it's just a really, just a great energy to it. Um, the, the leads of this story are, are completely different and, and very, very fun to follow. Hmm. So that is this week's comics. Woo! It was a big week. Huge week, but not as big as this weekend. Holy moly, guys. Are you prepared for free comic book day? Are you prepared? I'm all worried about you. No, don't, don't worry about <laughs> everyone are, else. We are so prepared. It is going to be a good day. So I've decided. How many free comics are there out this, this this week? It's actually the biggest free comic book day ever. I think there's a selection of 50 to choose from, um, which is pretty huge. And at King's, I don't really know what the deal is with everyone else, but at King's you get four free comics. So you'll get automatically when you arrive, you get the gold DC and Marvel books, which this year are a reprint of Suicide Squad issue one and an issue zero of Marvel's new upcoming event, Civil War two. I wonder why they did that. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so you'll get those two automatically and then you can choose from the other 48, any other two that you like. Yeah. Um, I, I say this without bias. If you want to get the most comics in one hit, mm. come to King's Comics. Because <laughs> I know other ones, in, I, I, won't, I won't name names, but the closest one to King's only, mm. only lets you have one. That's, a, that's, that's crazy. There's so many. <laughs> um, so uh, 
we're going to recommend some of the uh, titles that we picked out. We've had a, a little skim through the many boxes of comics that you can get this Saturday at Free Comic Book Day. We're going to tell you which are some of the recommended ones um, from our end and mm-hmm. also let you know some of the things that we can get up to this Saturday at King's. Um, what have you got your eye on, Siobhan? Um, well, I think that Free Comic Book Day, A, it's a great day for kids' comics. Um, I think that that's... The, the purpose of the day is really to get kids reading comics um so there's always an awesome selection from all the kids publishers definitely i mean it's, a, it's definitely a day where you're like oh yeah that that thing is a publisher yeah yeah there are just publishers that you that you've like either forgotten about or never heard of to begin with that putting out you know something familiar yeah um there's a lot of cool indie stuff coming out um i feel like well, we should go with the like every the the the, the Ones that are just you just should just get every year. Yeah. Um, the Bongo free for all comic, which is uh, Bongo, of course, put out the Simpsons comics it every single great. year. It's, I mean, I don't read I don't read Simpsons comics. I haven't since I was in high school. Uh, but every year, this is just like so much fun to read. Just lots of great comic in jokes and. Yep. Um, I remember a few years ago there was just a one one page like poster of uh, all the Futurama cast as X Men, awesome. which is w- worth worth getting it alone. Um, this year we've got like a great little cutout Bender toy you can make if you want. I doubt anyone will make this Bender toy, but still quite quite cool. Lots of great stories, amazing art, and always like uh, actually really great creators working on the um, stories like Evan Dorkin and. Occasionally you get like Mad Magazine artists and writers. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. Yeah. Always a really good fun issue. And excitingly, we will have um, a Simpsons um, comics alumni, Dean Rankin, visiting um, Hanging Out at Kings on the Day. And I think almost all of the places are already filled up. But if you send us an email, we might still be able to fit you in. Because for $20, which is a massive discount off his usual price, he will be doing Simpsonized um Characters and Futurama style heads in jars. Oh, sick. which is really cool. That's yeah, massive. Oh, we should try and get one of the two of us. For yeah. Our... Oh, totally. All right, we'll try good idea. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for it. Forty bucks. The best forty Worth bucks it. I'll ever spend. Um, uh, of course, DC and Marvel are putting out uh, their comics this year. Um, Marvel is uh, setting up their their big event, the Brian Bendis written Civil War Two. Um, we have. Have a, have a little read through this, but I feel like maybe we should talk about it next week. Yeah, I think so. The um, Jim Chung art is great. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Marvel are definitely setting up uh, their big event with this comic. They've, they've done so in the past with with free, their free comic book day issue every time. Um, we also get a, a new peek at Captain America, mm-hmm. um, the new uh, Steve, uh, sorry, uh, Nick Spencer and uh, Jesus Says um, take. So it's basically Steve back in the mantle of Captain America. Um, again, setting up some some new Marvel comics, which is really great. This is absolutely what you should be doing with your free comic book day issues. Absolutely. You know what I'm confused about by this new cap thing? Is Sharon old now? Because in all of the promotional images, it's been like a distinctly aged looking Sharon. And I think that's really funny and mean if they're making Sharon <laughs> age at like a regular rate in comparison I've, to I've Cap. I haven't noticed that. You know what I did notice? We didn't talk about it in the um, standoff. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're right. I feel like this, that might be just Jesus, Jesus says, just drawing this, this, this poor girl old. Um, but in the standoff issue, um, after he's... He gets the you know after Cap gets made young again, there's a panel of him just as an old man sitting at a table with everyone. I else. know that was, was very that? weird. That's terrible. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, I feel like this is just Jesus says um, art style. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sharon's still beautiful on the inside. Um, you also get in this uh, Captain America book um, a, uh, a Spider-Man story setting up what the big event for the Spider-Man comics this year too, Dead No More by oh. Dan Slott. So oh, f- two really God. really strong. Um, if you know. 
obviously Captain America, Spider-Man and the Avengers universes are the biggest things mm. in Marvel and you get peeks at what they're all doing this year into free comics through Marvel um, this, this year. Um, much better than what DC are doing. Um, I don't know why. They, I mean, they've got, obviously they've got one of the biggest things they've done since the New Fifty Two is mm. Rebirth. Mm. And instead of giving us like a little teaser comic for that, or like a little kind of preview, they're just reprinting a, a Suicide Squad issue that I think won't have anything to do with Rebirth. Yeah. So obviously it's setting up the Spider Suicide Squad. God, Suicide Spider Squad, <laughs> Suicide Squad movie coming out, and I guess I can kind of see why you would do that, but it just seems like a wasted opportunity to and me. It's also not even; it doesn't even really fit in with the Suicide Squad as you're going to see them in the movies. It's an it is a weird decision by DC. They've done this last couple of years, like reprinted an old issue instead of showing us something new, which I feel like is a little bit of a waste of the day. You know, you're Agreed. putting something in everyone's hands that like they are going to want to read the next issue of. Didn't last year they put out like the last like. The Long Halloween issue one is there something like that, day? and the year before it was like Justice League issue one, like the Jeff Johns run. Just... Like, yeah, some of the most owned comics in the world. Yeah, <laughs> very bizarre. Um, if you have to pick up a DC book this year, definitely you do have go. to. It's one of the go go for DC superhero girls. We spoke about them in the past. It's uh, all of your favorite female DC characters living in a dorm together. Um, it's adorable. It, it's really really sweet and fun and empowering and cool. Um, and uh, this comic looks very very bright and pretty and cool. Yep. Recommend it. Get that one instead of Suicide Squad. We can't do that. Suicide Squad is one of the ones that people will get. Oh, sorry. <laughs> get that one as well as Suicide Squad. <laughs> Bonus. Um, there's a Drawn and Quarterly are putting out a really great compilation um, of uh, Tom Gold's comics called Moon Cop. Um, this is just a beautiful... Uh, in, even just the, the paper that it's printed on is, yeah. is fantastic. Absolutely. And Tom Gold's comics are awesome. Um, his book, Goliath, was really, really sweet. He's... Um, Really interesting cartoonist, so it's really cool to get that. Um, Archie Comics are also doing the lazy option of uh, putting out just the number one of the uh, Mark Wade and Fiona Staples Archie series, but at I'm least that's a it. really good comic, and the more people that read this, the better. This, I mean, it makes sense from a marketing point of view because that, this is like what the Archie line looks like now. Yeah, and absolutely. Is now, so and just introducing people this. to this series, I think, is a good idea. And it looks like you get a little bit of Jughead as a backup in there as well, which you is do. awesome. Oh, cool. The uh, the preview for the next one, too, which looks awesome. Yeah, so sick. Um, what else have we got? We've got a Grant Morrison comic um, that... Um, who's putting this one out? Graphic India are putting out. Um, Grant Morrison puts out a secret comic every year that no one actually <laughs> reads, and this looks like a preview of of, uh, of this of 2016's <laughs> secret Grant Morrison comic. Um, there's uh, your obligatory manga comic, but it's printed out like a comic, even though you read it backwards, called One Punch Man. It's a classic, uh, so that's a really awesome one to see in English again. Uh, the aforementioned Rom, the Space Knight, uh, another once Marvel uh, property that has now, I don't know, it's gone back. Is it public Com- domain or no? IDW have purchased it, of course. IDW. Obviously. Obviously, IDW have. So it looks like it's going to have a tie into the Micronauts universe. Um, there's a number one of this uh, written by uh, uh, Chris Ryle and Christos Gage. Um, that's pretty solid. Christos Gage is about as capable a writer as Cullen Bunn, like perfect for this mm-hmm. a great little team up. Um, there's a pink, pink Panther comic in which he's the Pink Panther. Thor. He's Thor. He's the Pink Panther. <laughs> and he's just got it a hammer. It writes itself. It's amazing. <laughs> um, there's a fantastic looking uh, compilation uh, for all ages uh, from, from No Brow. Brow. And this is a uh, this compiles stories from Hilda, which I've heard really great things about. Mm. Um, Fantasy Sports, which is just the most beautiful art I've seen in any of the free comic book day books this year. And uh, Akisi. 
um, which looks very unique and sweet as well. So uh, if you're looking just for just great all-ages comics, definitely pick up the No Brow compilation. Um, Nate Powell's March is one of the most celebrated uh, semi-educational, or mm-hmm. completely educational comics. Um, it basically kind of looks at important moments in black American history. And um, there's a, uh, a free comic book day issue that compiles some uh, moments from all three of the March volumes so far, which if you haven't had a taste of that or you've only read the first volume like I have, this is a very good one for you to pick up. Um, Absolutely. John Lewis, Andrew Aiden, and Nate Powell are behind March. Um, and finally, uh, another one that's as consistent as, uh, as the Simpsons one is every mm-hmm. year is SpongeBob Freestyle Funnies for this year. Um, even if you're not a, uh, a SpongeBob fan, there is a, just for one page is the reason you should get it. Um, James Kachalka, one of the best cartoonists of the last decade, mm-hmm. um, consistently funny and just a big old goof, has written a Patrick comic. Awesome. Really fun. Yeah, there's a couple of series, I think, that like the Bongo comic and the SpongeBob comic, you know you're going to get one at Free Comic Book Day every year and it's it's a delightful treat every time. Definitely. Um yeah, so I mean, obviously, there's, there's there's countless more comics for you to uh, pick up this this weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, and you should try and pick up as many of them as you can, uh, because there's nothing better in this world than free comics. Yeah, absolutely. And just to go on a little bit about what else we'll have going on that day, we'll also have our semi annual sale, which is very exciting. So that's twenty percent off everything in store, excluding new releases, and fifty percent off back issues. Um, we're also going to have Nicholas Scott signing, which is amazing. Um, Dean Rankin, the aforementioned Simpsons artist, Mark Sexton, who worked on um, Mad Max Fury Road and Happy Feet and a whole bunch of other awesome stuff, and Tristan Jones, who works on Aliens at the moment, um, all going to be around, some doing sketches, some signing, so come say hi. We've got a couple of competitions running. If you're into cosplay, we have a group prize as well as individuals and under 12, so that'll be really fun. If you're coming down with your kids, we've got um, our kids' coloring table area. We'll have some awesome face painting and some fun activities for them to do as well. So it's going to be a really huge day. And where is it? 310 Pitt Street, Sydney, King's Comics. And uh, Siobhan and myself will be hanging out all day. Yeah, come say hi. Um, we'll, be, we'll be interviewing different people. We'll be trying to uh, talk to the staff provided they're not on the floor collapsed from having to sell so many comics. Um, and uh, looking forward to having a real big day. We'll be putting together like a special free comic book day episode in the future. So that'll be really fun. Hmm. Um, before we talk about patience, just quickly, some of the issues that we're looking uh, looking forward to next week. Uh, what have we got, Siobhan? Um, well, I'm very excited from uh, Marvel. We've got issue three of Black Widow, the brilliant Mark Wade and Chris Samney run. I'm yep. really excited to see that. Also issue two of Moon Knight. The Jeff yep. Lemire series, which I think is really good. We've got a new number one Punisher series written by Becky Cloonan and with Steve Dillon back on the character, which is pretty huge. Yeah, I'm, I, I love uh, Steve Dillon's art um, so much. She's on so many of my favorite runs on mm. Preacher and Punisher and endless, endless great and stuff. And he's so perfect for Punisher. Like, he suits it so much. Yeah. Um, and there's actually another Punisher comic launching this week, too. It's a Daredevil and Punisher. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as good as a Becky Just- Cloonan. Trying to tie into the TV show as much as possible. Um, Another thing that's really cool is that if you've been, if you've heard us talking about the Star Wars, um, the Marvel Star Wars comics universe, and you want to check it out but haven't quite, quite sure where to start, next week we've got a whole bunch of True Believers number ones, which Marvel put out. I think they're like two dollars per issue, and they're doing the number ones of all of the Star Wars titles. So you can pick up the Lando first issue. You can pick up. 
the main series, first issue. Chewbacca, yep. everything, everything. Kanan, yeah, yep, absolutely. All kinds of great, great place to start on all these different new comics for such a small amount of money. Yep. So there's free comic book day, and also there's cheap comic book day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's also Cinema Purgatorio, which is a new number one from Alan Moore, which I wouldn't normally care about, but it does sound kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's him working with Kevin O'Neill. Yeah, and it's through Avatar, and there's lots of different creators. You've got. Um, uh, Max Brooks, who did World War, World mm-hmm. War Z, is writing something. Garth Ennis, who's yep. a frequent cl- collaborator of the aforementioned uh, Steve Dillon, mm-hmm. uh, he's doing a story. Um, and it's going to be an anthology-style thing, so it should be really, really cool. I'm definitely excited to check that out. And finally, there's an omnibus coming out Ooh. of uh, one of mine and Siobhan's favorite comics of well, all I've time. I've only ever read the first six issues, so one I am, of my favorite I am comics buying of all time. <laughs> this. This is on my list. This actually, um, I... Every omnibus I own, I've never read more than like I know. three issues of because I, I think it's, They're a, so it's heavy. a terrible way to read I, comics. But. I sat on my floor and read my entire Teen Titans omnibus from start to finish recently. So yeah, it can be done. That's cool. All right. Yeah. But, um, you, you've, got to, you've got to sit on a floor to do it. Yeah, basically. Got to be limber. Yeah, um, Gotham, Gotham Central is, uh, is the, uh, the comic we're talking about by um, Greg Rucker and Ed Brubaker with Michael Lark. Yeah, I believe. Um, and uh, just... Uh, basically, you know, it's a it's a cop procedural show, except set in Gotham with all the all of Batman's rogues gallery and Batman, yeah, um, kind of part of the cast. Except Bat, no, no one on the force likes Batman. Mm. It's, really it's cool. where you get to know Renee Montoya and some of the other awesome characters. One of the characters from the New Fifty Two, sorry, from the pre New Fifty Two that I miss the most. Mm, I think if, if they really want to knock it out of the park, do focus on Gotham Central more. Yeah, like on the GCP. That more. vibe. I want Absolutely. that. That real. I was yeah. really disappointed when they announced the Gotham TV series, and then it wasn't just exactly. Have you watched any of that? It nope. Is such trash. Yeah, I don't. I uh, yeah. When they had, yeah, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> like young Bruce Wayne and young Selena Carl. Like, I don't want to see that, and I don't care. Um, we're gonna review Patience by Dan Clowes now, but before we do that. Um, just because I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't read it yet, yep. this is your chance to sign out. You can uh, catch face sorry, you can catch serious issues online. Facebook.com slash serious issues or send us an email. Uh, we've got a few emails this week actually. Yeah. Um, serious issues at kingscomics.com. Uh, we'll be reading we'll be doing some Q and A stuff next week, so uh, we'll be saving all those up for then. Um, and uh, Siobhan could be found online Instagram.com slash Siobhan CBG And I'm at Levdog L-E-V-D-A-W-G um, If you like what you heard Please uh, do us a massive favour And leave us a review on iTunes because Yeah, why not? the more people that uh, see that we have a nice review That people like us The more people are going to listen And that means the more things that we can do in the future um, I run two other podcasts uh, Called The Mitchin and Hey Fam And both of those have... Uh, kind of got a nice enough audience and kind of good good reviews that we've done big live events. We just did a Mitchin episode at the MCA on oh, Friday amazing. night. And I guess the end goal for this, not even an end goal, a goal for this is to do serious issues, live shows in the future with different creators and fun mm. stuff like that. So uh, hopefully that's something we can work towards. Um, Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks so much for listening. We're going to be reviewing Patience now. Uh, this is your last and final warning. Uh, if you have, have not read this book and you want to, turn off now. <laughs> And for those of us who All have, right. holy shit, this is the best book I've read in so long. Wow, so good, so amazing. What's your background with Dan Klaus? Um, I'm not, I wouldn't be like, he's not in my top 10, you know? Right. Like, yeah. I have a knowledge of his work. I like Ghost World. I really liked, I think I've read Mr. Boring. Um, a lot of his books I've read while shrink wrapping them out the back room at <laughs> King's Comics, so it's not been the most attentive read of all time. But I definitely have, you know, a huge amount of respect for his body of work and um, for what he does. So, m- m- he's 
all I read and Fanagraphics comics when mm. I was in high school. I didn't I didn't do superhero comics until I was a full grown adult. Uh, I did you did Dis- it backwards. I, I, did, I, did, I did Disney comics when I was a kid, and then I discovered Robert Crumb at a way too young age. Oh wow! And uh, that led to uh, I think the, the, the Ghost World movie came out while mm-hmm. I was in high school, and um, I I read the Ghost World comics, and I, I bought um, sorry, but the, I bought so many different issues of eight ball at different weird comic festivals that I would go to, mm-hmm. um, and find like weird old back issues. And I pretty much, yeah, bought anything with his name on it. I even bought like the ghost world script book, <laughs> um, just because it had like four pages of new Dan Klaus comics. Um, and I definitely look at the, look at him. I, with, I, I, you know, I have a fondness for his work for sure, but I definitely kind of, when I see his name now, I'm like, Oh yeah, I used to love his comics mm. and I'm sure I still do, but there hadn't really been a new one in a long while. Yeah. Um, the last two issues of Eight Ball are some of the best things he's ever done. Um, they recently collected every issue of Eight Ball except the last two issues for this big hardcover volume, which is an unbelievable collection that you should definitely track down if you like having books that are beautiful on mm. your shelf. But the last two, uh, the last two Eight Ball issues that Dan Klaus put out were kind of standalone, complete, full stories that were you know uh, almost a hundred pages, I think. Amazing. Um, and. Uh, Patience is the, is his first book in I don't know how long, like a long while. Mm. Uh, and, I mean, you're drawn to it because it's just beautiful stock, incredible shiny cover, yeah. beautiful colours. I mean, Fantagraphics do some of the most beautiful books. Like, if you if you really like physical printed comics, um, as I have to assume you do if mm. you like King's Comics, um, this is this is a real, real Absolutely. delight. Absolutely. Um so I didn't know anything about this comic beyond it was just his first comic in a while. Yeah. And a friend told me that he'd got it like a week before it came out and then it was awesome. And then I bought a copy and then gave it to a friend for her birthday and she said it was amazing. And then I finally got one for myself. And um, I'm so gl- grateful to both of those friends for not telling me anything about what it was yeah, about. Wow. Because this just defied my expectations. I- Same. I really expected. Because, I mean, Daniel Klaus is probably best known for doing sort of slice of life, small human stories. He does. I mean, a lot of, like, David Boring goes completely yeah. off the rails at yeah, one point. And then, that. like, a Velvet Glove um, tra- cast in iron is, like, a, just an absolutely bizarre mm. book with, like, you know, weird deformed characters. And the last issue of, of Eight Ball was about a ray gun and a, and a, and a mm. reluctant, almost superhero. So he, he's, he does write quite high concept stuff, but mm. it's always in a very glum, um, yep. kind of grounded not so, you know, it, it's, it's very far from a, from, from your regular comics fair. Yeah. Um, so this starts off in that same way. Like it's a, you know, pretty stressful, harrowing tale of a young couple um, trying to get by on little money and he has no job and she is pregnant. Uh, and then it just becomes... It just flips. It flips. It becomes a time travel comic. Yeah. And it's, it's unbelievable. It is so so good. It's it's <laughs> like yeah. It's I, I think that's I don't I don't really need to say more than that. Yeah. I just wanted to just express my absolute surprise. Yeah. Of what this book was and how much fun I had reading it. Yep. I was so like when because um, I mean I'm, I don't know how much we really want to spoil this, but when no, but we're when assuming that everyone listening right now has read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the main character comes home and sees patience, the um lead sort of woman's the title name, track title, of this book yeah. um, and she's dead on the floor and that's that's where the story begins absolutely and that's and the rest is him just trying to figure out 
who did it, why it happened, how to fix it. And he, but it, it cuts forward to yeah. the future. So I thought once that happened, I thought this was going to be this like awful story about yes. him trying to live his life with this having happened and, you know, being questioned by police and, you know, his life just being crap and blah, blah, blah. But instead it jumps like 30, 40 years into the future. Yeah. Um, and All of a sudden we're in 2029. Yeah. And it's just this incredible sci-fi comic. I hope 2029 looks like this. I want blue hookers in 2029. <laughs> <laughs> when? When will uh, we get them? And it, it, it's, you know, like, it definitely does a lot of time travel tropes, but it does it in such a great Dan Clousy kind of way that it even though you kind of see things coming from a mile away and, like, you know that they're going to do certain things that you've seen in Looper or you've read in mm. every time travel comic, when it actually happens, it's it's, it's very satisfying. Very satisfying. And, and there are a few books that he's written that have... Where he doesn't really do books that have that... The end. Like, yeah. everything worked out. Everything wrapped up. <laughs> and so... But he does this in his beautiful way, where you see the uh, the old version of the of the of the main character kind of like I guess not die, but he decays, and in doing that, he sees himself grow up, having righted the the, the wrongs of the past. Mm-hmm. And I don't know; I just thought it was just beautiful. I just I was so moved by this book, and uh, yeah, I I, I hope. Dan Klaus isn't like locking himself away for another five years to do something as, as good as this. Mm, absolutely. But that's that mean, it, if he doesn't feel like it, he doesn't have to. He's done many, many good things so far. And yeah. this, if this is his, his end, end game. I'm, you can die right now. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fine with us. We, we'll go investigate your death and come back in a time machine and save you. It was, it was yeah, really good fun. Really, oh, man, it's a book that really stays with you. I kind of want to go back and reread it almost immediately. Cause... You can't because it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I borrowed them for me. Um, but yeah, very excellent. Yeah, um, I think uh, when we do a, a best comics of, of 2016, mm. um, I don't know if we're going to be a, a dickhead and like uh, divvy it up into like graphic novels, blah, 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 but like this is gotta be already, already top three. Yeah, um, another one that came out this week as well, which is definitely in my top three, is the first trade paperback of Nicholas Scott and Greg Rucker's Black Magic. Awesome. Um, yep. If you haven't been reading that, I really highly recommend you pick up the image. Um, trade paperback image do this awesome thing a lot of the time with their um first volumes where they do them at a discounted price so you can get six issues for 16.95 which is really great um and it's just it's it's my favorite series out at the moment like i can't talk about it yeah enough if you like it's magic so if you like police procedurals if you like, if you like one like, of the best artists working today nicola is like just absolutely killing it on black magic and she'll be at free comic book day this week saturday Yay. sunday saturday so i'm gonna just saturday. be hanging around being weird telling her how much i love her well we, we, can, we can do a little interview with her yeah yeah that'd be sick awesome you've been listening to serious issues thanks so much we'll be back again next week um and we'll be uh presenting to you a very very special free comic book day edition of serious issues Woo. so hopefully we'll see you at king's comics this weekend and uh, have a good free comic book day get a, a whole bag full of swag as they say <laughs> In the Old West. We'll see you at King's Comics. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 